Filibuster received sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. All right, listeners, I'm going to be, I'm going to level with you. We're not going to do a funny story or a cute kid story or anything like that this morning or this morning. Why am I saying this morning? It's not this morning. It's You're very way as we record. Yeah. I'm <laughs> clearly already tired. Y'all are in for a good show. That's all I have to say. Um, we are instead going to, if you go back to last week's first show, uh, we went on a little rant during this little part of the show about some idiots that decided to jump some Seattle fans after the DC United Seattle game a week ago. And they sent at least one Sounders fan to the hospital. And that person is going to have medical bills and miss work and deal with other things related to this attack. ECS, the Emerald city supporters in Seattle have set up a GoFundMe to help the people who were attacked. And I think it would be a pretty good show of humanity for DC United fans to chip in. So go to GoFundMe.com, search for support or our sounders. Um, It's organized by Barra Fuerza Verde. And uh, you can chip in a couple bucks there and, uh, you know, just show support for some fans who are harmed by idiots who happen to live in our city and support the same team as us. We don't claim them, but they are among us. And we should try to counteract their negativity. If you're on GoFundMe and you want to continue giving money to support good causes, give some money to Rob Gillespie, uh, Big Rob, as as we all know him. We love him. Original DC United supporter going back to 96 who's dealing with cancer. We've talked about it many times. Give some money to him too. But find good causes to support financially. Um, go do that. I commend you to that. Do both those things. Anything else before we, we get started? Hearing none. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and Be a Good Person with Your Money podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Jason Anderson, Ben Bromley. We're all from blackandredunited.com, where we talk about DC United, and that's what we do on this show, of course. Uh, tonight, we're talking about the scoreless draw up in New Jersey against the Red Bulls on Sunday night. In our next episode, we will have Laurel Failer from the athletic on to help us preview DC United's uh, season, regular season ending uh, game next weekend, decision day against FC Cincinnati mm-hmm. that watch it Sunday, 4 PM on flow FC or ESPN plus, depending on which side of the imaginary fence you fall on before we well, talk about it. It's, re- it's real. It's not physical. The metaphysical fence. Is that better? You want to get religious about this? I mean, they'll be delightful, not delightful, but awful in a, a hilarious way. If there was an actual fence, whenever a DC United game was on, it just like fell from the sky around Richmond, Virginia. I'm pretty sure it would impale some people. That'd be real bad. I mean, that'd I be mean bad. that yeah. wouldn't make it less like religions in history. No, Don't get me wrong. But anyway, before we do anything, fence or otherwise, Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, Once I get this... uh. 
colossal falling fence. The the, the idea of the the physical uh, structure of this thing is blowing my mind. Are you picturing uh, like a white picket fence falling from the sky, or more like iron bars? No, just like a standard chain link chain link um, fence. But is, uh, it rust, like, is it rusted before it falls out of the sky? No, no, no. no. It's it's brand new, uh, but okay. it's intact and it falls all at once where it needs to fall. Um, and uh, that that would be astounding. Just the the who who built the fence? Uh, why did they build it? Um, why did they choose to install it aerially? Are they hiring? Uh, all of these would be questions <laughs> of mine. Um, Project manager Jason stepping up to the plate. But now to detract from my possible uh, uh, application uh, for employment for these uh, fence droppers, um, I am drinking uh, Patron Silver uh, Neat on a Monday night. <laughs> Followed by a long, slow sip of it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks ago, I was excited about fall and had apple cider with some rye whiskey in it. Um, I'm still excited about fall, even if we're going to have like record setting highs a couple of days this week. What's After fall? that, damn it, it should be autumn. I hope I'm probably jinxing it again, knocking on wood, hopefully audibly for you. Um, so I'm drinking that again. I'm drinking apple cider with rye whiskey. It's on ice. It's on the rocks, but it's still pretty good. I like it. Nice. Benjamin. I am drinking a vodka sour with Svedka vodka because it was again on sale at my local ABC store and it's better than Smirnoff. It is. All vodka is vodka to me. Cheap <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't know. Bowman's. It's like when I, when I was in uh, college, we got Vladimir vodka all the time. I'll say like the really cheap stuff is gross. I, I will the, the $7 that, like, handle. Uh, yeah. Is gross. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. I said, Vladimir vodka. <laughs> yeah. But once you get up to like the mid shelf, anything more than that, you're, you're literally paying for the label and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, if that's, if that's what makes you happy, do that. I would say, save the money and give it to somebody on GoFundMe or, or something, but you do you. Can I, can give I, it to Vladimir? Something? Um, at one can point, I stop you. At one point in my post-college house, when we found out that the better vodkas were filtered multiple times, uh, we came up with a scheme wherein we took our coffee maker and put several layers of uh, coffee filter, and we ran uh, the vodka through the coffee maker several times uh, in an effort to see if we could make it better. The the seven in in College Park, it wasn't Vladimir, it was Ruble, because apparently there's a list of six <laughs> words that people know that make the cheap vodka. They're like, what's Russian? Um, and Ruble is one of the other words on that list. Jason, um, I, I have a question before you finish mm-hmm. the story. Sure. Did you continue to use this coffee maker to make coffee after you did this? Oh, we flushed it out properly. We, we knew how to clean it. I, was it proper? You didn't brew it. Was you it proper? You presumably didn't brew it, like put the vodka into the basin and then press the button to send it through the filter you just poured it through the filter right right okay but you can still you I, can still clean everything out afterwards because otherwise your coffee is just going to taste like vodka yeah but it's uh-huh. not going through the internals of the coffee maker no then you I, have hot vodka yes um, and you <laughs> should never you should never have hot vodka um that's no. advice i think that all of us can agree on yes um, it is it, it it kind of worked a little bit, um, no, but only it took multiple rounds. Listen, and even listen. then it was like, 
very modest. And Jason, we, we did try a we tried a blind taste test. We really went, you know, for broke on it. Um, Jason, but it ended up not all, being worth the work. Is Jason, the we're all in our thirties now. It didn't work. It it worked a little. I had friends in college who had a similar idea, and they're all engineers, so they just went to Walmart and bought an extra Brita filter uh, pitcher. And that's too easy. That's basic. Went through that. Did it work? Uh, they swore by it. They would do it like six times. Okay. And and they they swore that it was a thing that it worked. I you believe even in college was not a big vodka drinker, so I. Ben, Never, are you saying uh, all engineers can't be trusted? Yeah. Okay. He's not wrong. Like that's that's a fair starting point. It's not not fair, but it's it, it might be a it's handy not wrong. shorthand. Let's talk about soccer or or whatever it was that happened at Red Bull Arena on on Sunday. DC United took the train north to Harrison, and uh, as near as I can tell, a game of pinball or bumper cars broke out. Nobody scored. That's okay. Even though it means the Metros get to keep the Atlantic Cup for another year. And I'm not not great with that. But uh, the more important thing was not losing this game. DC United comes out with a scoreless draw. The most important thing was the League's Cup. No, we we didn't even need to say the words, Ben. I know. We didn't plan for it, but it just popped into my brain. Your brain's a weird place sometimes, my friend. Uh, the more important thing was keeping the inside track for home field in the first round of the playoffs. DC United did that. Toronto FC dropped points, tying Chicago. Um, DC United. Which is funny. Yeah, which By is funny. Uh, and it means that a win for DC United would, I think, would have clinched home field uh, coming into this game against Cincinnati this week. But they still have to take care of business now against FCC. So we'll see if they can do that. Focusing on this game against New Jersey. Um, if you couldn't tell from my intro, if you haven't seen it, it was not the prettiest game of soccer that's ever been played. But um, it was an energetic game of soccer. It was very energetic. Uh, there, there were a few person shaped holes in the walls at Red Bull Arena. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just from people. <laughs> I didn't say Kool Aid pitcher shaped walls. That would be weird. That's not real, Ben. Was this game? All right. You want to get metaphysical again? I see. Um, I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that. I okay. only saw it through the electromagnetic spectrum brought to my television by satellites and wires. So I don't know if it was real. It may have all been faked. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, whether it happened or not, it was a super intense game. Uh, at least by the players, everyone going about a thousand miles an hour, flying into challenges, but not like in a necessarily a dirty way. Uh, for the most part, it was it was it was a chaotic game, which is what you expect at Red Bull Arena. But it was nice to see that DC United was up for it, Jason. Yeah, it was. It was. I think. I think it's a step that this team has needed to take for a long time. Um, and we saw earlier this year that at that time in the first meeting, they weren't ready for it. Um, and this time around, I mean, Ben Olson said after that game and heading into this game, both, both that you don't, you, the first time you see the Red Bulls is different from everyone else. Um, and thus it, it, a lot of times you see teams not ready for it. Um, I think to some extent I agree, but I also think that, 
Um, the lineup that was in place a little while ago was not really a lineup that's ready for that battle um, that has to solve that problem a different way. Um, they have to basically use technique and and their soccer playing ability to get around it. Um, I think the lineup that was on the field at Red Bull Arena yesterday um, is a lot more able to have that street fight, for lack of a better way to put it, because that's the the Red Bulls don't play pretty soccer. Um, it's not it's high paced. Um, it's fast, but it's not aesthetically. If you enjoy watching people manipulate the soccer ball in a, in a way that shows um, creativity and technical skill, the Red Bulls don't want those things to occur. Uh, they don't want to let the other team to have that happen, and they want those turnovers that they force to become their playmaker. Um, and so they don't really do a lot of pretty sto- soccer of their own, and they certainly don't want anyone else doing any. Um, and if you're DC United and the way the season has gone, they tried to be that pretty team that could play around a high press like this. It did not work. It was working for a little while. It stopped working and then it continued to stop working for quite a while. And they finally switched things up and have sort of embraced the fact that they might need to be a team that is more um, fast, more mobile, more physical um, and doing more without the ball than they are with it. Um, and they happened the lineup the 11 that was out there happens to be better at fighting that street fight um and they were actually able to go out there and and for much of the game fight the red bulls to a standstill there was a spell there where the red bulls were having the better of it certainly um their early part of the second half maybe the first 30 minutes of the second half um but they were still able to you know hold it to bill hamid made one tremendous save but he didn't have a lot of other stuff to this wasn't one of those games of the past where DC gets shelled and Hamid somehow keeps them in it. Um, so yeah, th- this was, it's not a win. I think we all wanted to see a win for multiple reasons. Cause this may end up being the playoff match and you don't want to play a playoff game against a team you haven't beaten in actual years. Um, but just seeing them take the step forward where it's not them just stepping into traffic going 10 miles an hour while the Red Bulls are coming in at a hundred miles an hour. Um, that's progress and, you know, it's not, it certainly wasn't pretty. Um, I don't think anyone from either side particularly enjoyed, uh, watching the two teams basically just, uh, crash into each other over and over again for 90 minutes. But, um, at least this wasn't DC. DC was doing as much of the crashing rather than just being toppled. Well, which is something. Yeah. And in addition to Hamid's save, there was also a goal line clearance by uh, Frederick Briant, and we'll talk yeah. about him more a little later. Um, but it was nice to see United didn't sit back as deep as maybe they have in the past, or like you might, some people might have expected in this game. They got out; and they they weren't necessarily high pressing the way the Red Bulls do, but they didn't go back to that galaxy game and say, that's what we have to do against the red bulls. If they're going to press us, they played in their mid block. They would step forward and press from time to time selectively. And they would send balls into the space that the red bulls high line would, uh, would leave behind. And they would try to play through from time to time. They, they took different approaches. It wasn't just hit the ball long and sit back. It, they, they actually went out and they, they had a couple of chances themselves. DC United. It wasn't, like it was one-way traffic. So that was nice to see. And on the defensive side, fourth straight shutout, first time in team history. Mm-hmm. They've gotten four straight league shutouts. We find 
found that out through Pablo Maurer, who got confirmation from Paul Carr of ESPN. Um, so that's that's a pretty good stretch DC United have going right now defensively, Ben. Yeah, it's really good. And I feel like uh, we all know that Bill Hamid is really good and deserves saying every week because Bill Hamid is really good. But Stephen Birnbaum and Frederick Briant are also very good. And I know th- there was a piece about him in uh, uh, the Washington Post uh, this week, but it deserves re-saying just how good Frederick Briant has been. Uh we know Stephen Burmum has been good. He's been fringe national team quality, and he probably deserves another call in. But with Greg Burhalter, it seems like he's ignoring a lot of great DC United players, including the best goalkeeper uh, in the American soccer pool. So uh, that's Greg's fault. Um, but Frederick Briant has been really good uh, this year, and it does deserve to be mentioned because. Uh, a number of people, us include, well, I, I won't speak for y'all, but me included at least, had questions about him uh, because of his age. And after a a great start and then a semi-shaky uh, middle section, he's been really good down, down the uh, stretch this year, just like he was last year. And uh, who knows how long he can keep it up, but for this year and for last year, Frederick Briant's been really good and it deserves to be talked about. I can't disagree with you there. He's made like three straight MLS team of the weeks, whether on the bench or in the, the starting spots on that. Um, he's, he's been really big. He's hasn't been making mistakes. He's been uh, closing people down. He's been getting in position to make blocks. He's been slowing down attacks when he can't shut it down himself. He's been doing all the, all the little things and he scored a goal during this stretch too. So he's getting, into into set pieces on at both ends of the field he shouts to the guy man yeah and this goes to something that um this team has found out the hard way a few times over the years is that um when there isn't legitimate competition um sometimes established it's like players our, it's been like our whole our whole thesis for a decade right about competition. Um, well, it, it turns out it's just uh, something that you can find, you know, every team in the league can point to things like this. Um, when a player who's established looks behind them and is like, yeah, I, I know I'm going to start. Like if I have a bad week of training, it, it's not going to matter. Um, then that's going to show in games. And this year um, at the start of the year, we were, the, the, the talk was like, okay, Donovan Pines will probably play like two months for Loudon and then he will take the job forever. Yeah. Um and to Briant's credit, um, the only times Pines has really started has been when they've gone to the back three or back five. Um, Briant has otherwise kept him um, out of the lineup. Um, and that's not easy to do because Pines has these raw gifts that are, you know, the kind of things that you dream of in a defender. Um, and for Briant to keep his starting lineup or spot in the lineup, he has to be uh, playing uh, very well. And he's actually really upped his standard of play. It, it almost seems like when the team had their team meeting, um, you know, he, he's one of the guys that he, he was one of the guys that didn't necessarily, he wasn't playing too badly at the time of that. It wasn't really his fault that things were going the way they were. And yet he's one of the players that has stepped his level up furthest from that point in time on top of that. So 
Um, it's been it's been impressive, and it's no coincidence that. Um, and I've said this a few times about Brihant. He since he came to MLS, he's been a starter on a playoff team every single season, um, and it's not happening by accident. Um, and you know, for someone to be in their mid thirties like he is and still uh, be going is also uh, it gives me hope for my life because uh, I'm past that point, and uh, it, you hope to maybe find your form uh, as well. Uh, so thank you, Fred Briant, for making my life better. I'm really not looking forward to the day, Jason, when Briant <laughs> really does start to fall off. It's going to be a sad day for Jason Anderson. Frederick Briant is ex- is almost exactly a month older than me, and I'm the youngest person on this podcast. Hey, I know, I know, my professional soccer playing days are are. I've still got a chance, Adam. <laughs> I've still got a chance. Keep hope alive, you guys, Ben. You guys, hang on as long as you possibly can. <laughs> Hang on to the dream. Um, I mentioned the the best 11 earlier. Fred Briant on it. Uh, Paul Ariola retweeted the MLS Soccer's link to the, the team of the week uh, today when it came out. We're recording this on Monday. And uh, said, where the hell is Russell Knauss? Also, where the and, hell is Paul Ariola? But well, if you're an attacking player good. and you're not scoring goals, you're not going to make the team of the week, no matter what your work rate is. Um, but Russell Knauss playing out of position at fullback and uh, shutting down the wing for another week. I can see Ariola's argument. Um, ever since Knauss moved to that fullback spot, DC United hasn't conceded, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, I, I'm not saying correlation implies causation. I'm saying it is causation. And it's absolutely true that DC United will never uh, yield a goal with. Russell Knauss in that spot. I mean, he's been very good. I, I, I've likened it, I think, in my last lineup post to a much better version of uh, Perry Kitchen doing the same thing, moving from central midfield to uh, right back. But uh, Paul Ariel, Paul Ariel, no, uh, Russell Knauss can actually get into the attack somewhat and can uh, knock a ball around. Uh, Maybe uh, maybe not as much as we hope a right back can do in an ideal situation, but at this point he has the best combination of can lock down some defense and jump forward into the attack. So it's not going to be hopefully what happens next year. Hopefully they're going to move Knauss back into central midfield and and have somebody else in in uh, at the right back, but it's what this team needs right now. All right, say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a 
a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster What I had to add with the canals is that um, that defensive solidity um, at right back has been really good. And we're seeing some growth on the attacking side. It's certainly not the same as um, Leo Hara um, getting into really dangerous spots near the end line or having his range of passing back there. Um, But there was a moment early in this game where canals popped up in the center forward spot. The team was rotating to keep, the four, two, three, one shape in place and Rooney had dropped off. And um, I, I think Seguro was technically in the right backs uh, region of the field and Canals had pinched inside uh, early in the move and then found himself pushing up. And all of a sudden he was in that uh, center forward spot, which is not DC DC United in the past uh, at Red Bull arena is not allowing either fullback anywhere near that part of the field. You're just never going to go up there. Um, and so that was kind of a statement of to go back to um, how they approached the game. It, it This was no longer the hang on for dear life and see if it works game plan. This was a um, let's go out and actually try to do some things. Uh, let's not just hope for um, keeping a shutout and maybe we snatch a goal on a set piece. This was like, what if we actually scored a goal from open play? We could do that, right? Um, and on the other side, you know, Joseph Mora, um, wasn't popping up as a forward, but he was um, getting crosses away from right near the end line. Um, you know, guys were taking those risks and that's, it's progress from canals It's progress from the whole group that um, they didn't just have to sit for 90 minutes and hope to get a draw at Red Bull arena. They actually went and try, I mean, it, you know, the constructive soccer wasn't too frequent for anyone that was at the game. Uh, but the, the, the attempt was there and it didn't come with that, you know, we've had struggles all season talking about when DC plays a really attacking brand of soccer, they can't get the balance right defensively. When they play a really defensive brand of soccer, they can't really create anything going forward. Uh, this was a situation where they didn't lose anything by trying to push something forward in the attack. They it, they didn't become unbalanced immediately, which is nice to see. And I know we've said it before, but Joseph Mora is low-key so so important to this team. And without him, like if a with a replacement level player at his position, this team would not be nearly as good. So I just wonder you just I mean put more they're not we, we don't have to say would. We can we we know for a fact because he was well, out yeah. for well, yeah, exactly. this year with the broken jaw and with other injuries, and the team kind that's kind of when the team fell apart, fullbacks are important in the modern game. And I'll throw in um, Olsen went out of his way, not after this game, but after the last home game um, to mention that um, Mora came back, but he wasn't quite himself and he hasn't been there until very recently. And they said it just took a while for him to get back in the swing of things because, you know, this wasn't a an ankle sprain or something. This was he had to have jaw surgery. He had to not eat. He had to do this. Yeah. He had to do that. Um, it kind of threw him off his whole, you know, whole body basically is thrown off by the the change in nutrition, the change in sleeping habits, all that stuff that comes with 
uh, an injury like that. And so um, it's taken a little while for him to be really at the level that he's been at the past. Um, it was good to get him back anyway, because he was, he upped the standard uh, over the various players that have had to play left back this year. Um, many of whom are not even sort of left backs. Um, but the fact that he's now rounding into that, like this is the Joseph Mora that was playing back in March and April. Um, that means a lot. Bill Hamid also playing at a high level. I know we've mentioned, I just thought it was worth shouting out again, especially with some rumors this week that DC United are looking at goalkeepers around the world for, for next year and might have a couple in mind. It's a reminder that Hamid is here on loan this year, and that loan could be ending at the end of the year. Um, Man, I would Mitchell. certainly like. I would certainly like them, but Midland and DC United to to make it official and make the move permanent because Bill Hamid belongs in black and red, and he always will. Um, but I recognize that's not necessarily entirely in DC United's control. Um, I know Michelin has. Uh, a, a Champions League keeper that just doesn't allow goals right now, and that's not a situ- that's the situation Bill Hamid was unable to to break um, when he was there, and it doesn't seem like the situation has changed. Um, I don't know if they're planning to move that guy along or what, but um, I, I definitely want him to come back because he's he's too good to be sitting on a bench in Denmark. Oh yeah, I think any DC United fan wants him back. It's it's just whether or not Michelin is going to just let him go or if they want to play a hard ball or super hard ball. Uh, I think DC United needs to look at other goalkeepers. If, if only to tell Michelin that they're willing to also play hard ball and they also need to be, uh, have backup plans in case it falls through. So I think every DC United fan wants Bill Hamid back. That's no question, but, yeah, I think the, practical- the, fact, the fact the fact that he left and the fact that he's on loan just means that it's not wholly in their hands. Yeah, I think the practical aspect is much more important to my mind. Like, yeah, you can you can do something to show Michelin that you can have other options, but you actually do need to have other options as a factual right. matter, not just a negotiating tactic. Yeah, yeah as we found out with um, every day, pretty much if you go on the internet and look for. Um, rumors about soccer, you'll see rumors that you can see through right away because you know the, that one party is just, you know, they want to look good. Uh, they would like their name to be involved or something like that. And, you know, like you don't have, this is not real. Come on guys. Right. Um, or even like they resigned Troy Perkins the second time. It's just like, it didn't work. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't want to be DC United doesn't want to be in the negotiating table. Um, like, the you might have seen we're recording on Monday. There was a um, a rumor pointing to the coach of Arsenal's women's team uh, saying that the uh, U.S. soccer had approached him for the women's national team job and Arsenal was not allowing him to leave. Um, but it was one of those classic articles where there's absolutely nothing to it. Um, this is the same guy who also said that the NWSL was not good enough for Australia's national team players um, like a month ago. No. So. Um, these are the kind of rumors we see all the time. And if you're a DC United and you want to go to Michelin and get a good deal on Bill Hamid, um, you're not going in there and saying like, Oh, we talked to, um, you know, the guy such and such. And uh, yeah, uh, definitely going to sign him unless, you know, I guess if you guys, if you make Hamid cheap, we'll, we'll think about it. 
um, that's not going to fly. Uh, Michelin will laugh at you and then uh, do something else. I mean, it, it's safe to assume that they signed Hamid as a attempt to make some money. You know, they signed him on a free. They get a transfer fee. One what for what they don't care if it's DC United's transfer fee or if it's a team in Belgium or a team elsewhere in Denmark or a Norwegian team. Um, they don't really care. Uh, they just would like some money. They're trying to make a profit. Um, the guy they have, I can't remember his name, but I know he's like 34 or 35 and is showing no signs of slowing down. So he's not, he's not going anywhere. Um, so most likely Michelin is going to hold, you know, they're going to look for bids. Uh, and so DC United's got to be able to get in there and, uh, um, be prepared for the cost to be fairly uh, difficult to deal with. But, you know, the different we've seen, we've lived through the experience of Bill Hamid is your goalkeeper. And then you have some other guys as your goalkeeper. Uh, and generally speaking, you don't find a better option in MLS than Bill Hamid. So those, uh, those months with David Osted and Steve Clark, um, you know, we learned that that's not the best. Uh, that's not really the best path towards uh winning a bunch of games you might we you know if, if we've got just a you know mid-level mls goalkeeper we're talking about a loss right now so it is it really is one of those positions where you don't really want a nickel and dime you you dc might have to pony up some money and it might mean that um it might complicate things with rodriguez uh keeping him around it might complicate other deals but also are those guys going to be more important than Hamid? probably not Nope. At the other end of the field, DC United, I think, is wanting a little bit more right now. Um, not a lot of chances created for for the black and red in in this game in New Jersey. TT Rodriguez had a decent chance, but uh, it was it was not a clear cut chance. It was a curling effort from not I, mean, I would say medium distance that he sent right. over the bar. Um, there were a couple of other chances that could have developed but but didn't um so you want to see a little bit more of the from the attack that said this was playing the red bulls at red bull arena creating chances uh that creating big chances uh is not something that a lot of teams are able to do um but looking ahead to cincinnati wayne rooney will be suspended on a yellow card accumulation so uh there will be a change to the lineup for the first time in a few games. It'll be up top. I don't know what we're going to see from Ben Olsen. So before we, we call this episode, uh, let's, uh, let, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, I, I assume the most likely option is Ola Kamara up top and everything else exactly the same. But I don't know that that's 100% because we haven't seen Kamara on the field since he uh, tweaked his hamstring. Yeah, I think it's actually going to be Quincy Ameriqua just because we haven't seen Ola Kamara in a while. And so I think it's going to be, and especially since this game doesn't, I mean, it matters. Like there are uh, home field implications, so they're going to want to win, want to win this game. But I don't think it's worth busting Ameriqua, uh, busting Kamara for that. So I think it's going to be, uh, Quincy Marquois for 60-ish minutes and then Ola Kamara for 30-ish minute, minutes. And that's how it's going to go, is my guess. I mean, it really comes down to how training goes this week. Um, you know, Olsen training last... Well, you know, last week Olsen said that, um, you know, 
Kamara, they pushed him to get through the full training session. Um, and he got through it. So they were like, okay, this was a, uh, a fairly taxing day and he got through it without any problems. Um, I was at the training session. I can tell you there were a couple moments where he didn't look like he was moving at 100%. He didn't look injured, but he also didn't look like he was going at top speed on a few turns and a few bursts. Um, probably precautionary, probably trying to make sure that that hamstring doesn't become something worse. Um, but he got through it and uh, they said they were going to check in the next day, see how he felt after a day's recovery. And the fact that he didn't make the trip up tells me that maybe the recovery wasn't as smooth as the training session. Um, but, you know, they have had, they've had uh, today off. I think they're not training tomorrow. Um, they'll get back at it on Wednesday. Um, that downtime will probably help. Um, and I would assume that if he gets through everything without a setback, that he's probably got 45 minutes to an hour in his legs. And if he's got 45, um, I would say at that point, you might as well give him the start. Um, but if he doesn't have 45, then, you know, you start Quincy America. It's not that big of a deal. Um, certainly you're losing the creativity that Rooney has, but um, you do gain some mobility, some physicality, um, an ability to maybe high press Cincinnati more than you normally have because Ameriqua is still pretty quick and, and absolutely loves to get physical and mix it up and get in people's faces and uh, point at both sides of his head uh, because everyone apparently can't deal with it. Um, and so if that's the way it goes, I don't think that we should be too, uh, too put off by that. Um, it changes the team. I, I'm curious to see who takes the set pieces. It'll probably be Felipe, but we've seen some, when Rooney's been out, we've seen like Junior Moreno opt to go yep. to goal uh, from close range with the wall. Um, so that might be something to watch. But yeah, I, I think it'll probably be Kamara for 45 and then Ameriqua at halftime. But um, it'll be one to pay attention to from training, certainly. Uh, whether we hear, oh, Kamara didn't train today, then that, you know, that probably points to him not starting or maybe not even being in uniform again. Now, I'm thinking on a tangent now. Um, being a left-footed player growing up, I always love left-footed players who can take free kicks. And DC United doesn't have one at the moment. And I'm just looking at Joseph Mora saying, practice free kicks. Fullbacks can take free kicks. It's happened before. Um, just a note for Joseph Mora to file Do, away, you, maybe for the winter. You want Joseph Mora to be Roberto Carlos? Or Mark Murch? No, the no. first one. <laughs> <laughs> way more Roberto Carlos, way less Mark Birch. Um, Who's abiding in? I, the, Mark Birch could hit a, a ball really hard with his left foot, and occasionally he could hit it really well uh, too. I just remember the yeah, the looping cross is, yeah. he had to to Mar, uh, Marcelo Gallardo for the best volley goal I've ever seen in my life uh, <laughs> at RFK Stadium. Um, but but yeah, I definitely would prefer Roberto Carlos. I think me and too. Get, given the choice <laughs> for Joseph Morris development and trajectory uh, anything else from from this red bulls game or anything else you want to say about the cincinnati game before we call this an episode i mean i'm going to say all my cincinnati things about next in next episode all right uh skyline chili still sucks uh no, that's great. I'm, you're wrong it's, i'm editing it's really that out. not and I'm why would you do out. this to the end of the show we're so close <laughs> i <laughs> I know it seems like I'm in favor of order and 
You're a chaos Muppet. I am a chaos Muppet through and through. And you guys force me to put on this order hat while the show is happening. And sometimes I just can't. You Sometimes chose, I have to set things it. on fire and see what happens. Adam, are, are you uh, a goat that's been let loose, uh, ruining ruining everything, despite everyone's best intentions to Adam, just have you back where I'm, you belong? I'm much more an angry goose. I was going to say, are you, a, are you a horrible goose? <laughs> I am the worst goose. And on that note, thank you all for putting up with us for 40 minutes tonight. Uh, find us at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support us financially, do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Of course, go to GoFundMe and and support the the members of ECS who were attacked last week and support Big Rob there. Uh, find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you, you download, subscribe, rate, review. And uh, what other whatever other promotional things they let you do on those sites, do those for us too. Uh, and, and when you're out in the real world, tell a friend about the show. That's the best way to get the word out for Jason and Ben. I'm Adam and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Horrible goats. And geese. And geese. Now you've ruined it. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos.